Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is with Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, March 21, 2022, the first day of this spring 2022. Last Friday, March 18, Italy marked the second anniversary of a tragic milestone of the coronavirus pandemic, <clears throat> the day when a convoy of army trucks had to transport the dead out of hard-hit Bergamo in Lombardy because the city's cemeteries and crematoria were full. It was a horrible day that marched 18 of two years ago. By the end of March 2020, Bergamo had registered a 571% increase in deaths compared with the five-year monthly average, the biggest increase in Italy. Today things are much better, but the pandemic is not over, and particularly in Italy, COVID-positive students are back on the rise, and most are concentrated in southern regions. Nearly three out of every 100 children and students are forced to attend classes remotely because they are in isolation or quarantine, a percentage that brings the number of students absent from class due to the pandemic to over 214,000. What's more important though is that hospital and intensive care unit admissions remain low, as do deaths from COVID, though each is a tragedy. So the Italian government announced plans on Thursday to phase out its coronavirus restrictions. The government said COVID-19 health certificates, proving vaccination or recent recovery from coronavirus, would no longer be needed to gain access to a vast array of services, including restaurants, gyms and public transport from May 1st. The requirement that anyone aged over 50 should be vaccinated to enter the place of work will expire on April 1st. The state of emergency which allows public authorities to bypass bureaucracy and impose rules via decrees will expire on March 31. From that date, the Board of Experts advising the government on COVID will be disbanded. However, despite reopenings and upgrades, this spring's outlook for tourism in Italy remains uncertain. Rising fuel costs influence very much the cost of travel, and Italians have decided to reduce their budgets. One in three is cutting back on travel and accommodation spending. International demand also remains below expectations. Overall, to date, there is a reduction of about 30% in bookings for the spring period. There is a clear decrease in bookings from Eastern Europe, smaller markets but which, before the pandemic, had shown a growing interest in the destination Italy. And bookings are down from the United States too, where many are concerned about coming to Europe in general, although the war is certainly not in Italy. After a 2021 characterized in Italy by an overall improvement in the economic climate following the, following the significant growth in GDP, the month of January marked a reversal of the trend caused by the increase in energy costs and the return of inflation. With the war in Ukraine, among the Italians' worries about economic repercussions are more widespread, 46%, than those linked to the risk of Italy's involvement in the conflict, 35%. And this has translated into a surge in pessimism. 42% expect, expect a worsening of their personal situation, whereas in December, pessimists represented less than one in four, the 23%. Italians have always shown an extraordinary ability to adapt to critical situations, and even in these dramatic circumstances, they do not contradict themselves. Three out of four, 75%, have already implemented or intend to do so shortly changes in their lifestyle and consumption. 
In particular, 30% intend to limit car travel, 19% will st stock up on foodstuffs uh, more than they used to, for, to do for fear that basic necessities might be lacking, 19% will reduce home heating by 2 degrees or more, 15% will postpone important purchases that had been planned, and 10% will do the same with regard to financial investments. In addition, the war has increased trust in Europe among Italians, who also confirmed their trust in the United States. In these times of war, the central role of NATO and also the belonging to a Western alliance is more and more important, since the enemy has returned to be in the East, the one that existed during the Cold War that saw Europe and the United States strongly allied. <clears throat> Last Friday, in fact, for the first time since the beginning of this war, Russia has directly and explicitly threatened Italy, and in particular our Defense Minister, precisely because he is one of the most important supporters of the alliance with the United States. Now, it is hoped that the Italian government, uh, this government, will withdraw the honor that last year the previous Italian government gave to the Russian leader who threatened us last week. As unfortunately it did for several other Russian leaders, the previous Italian government awarded to this Russian leader the Medal of Cavaliere al Merito and the title of Commendatore della Stella d'Italia. We expect both to be removed by the current government soon. Meanwhile, what the Italian government has already done now is to intervene on the costs and methods of paying for energy. The first decision was to cut fuel taxes by 25 cents for a month, more than 5 million Italian families will have help to pay their gas and electricity bills, while small and medium-sized businesses will be able to pay their bills for consumption in May and June in installments for a maximum of 24 monthly installments and will also have help in the form of tax credits to pay them. Moreover, there will be bonuses in favor of truck drivers and it has been decided to immediately replace the antivirus of all public administration computers which was of a Russian brand with an American competitor. The war in Ukraine could change Italian agriculture forever, returning to a less globalized trend and more directed towards productive self-sufficiency. The European Commission, in fact, is preparing emergency countermeasures to the shortages caused by the war in Ukraine, with a derogation on uncultivated land to increase the agricultural production of European countries. European agricultural policy is very important for this sector of activity, which is the one in which more than any other there has been a session of uh, sover sovereignty to Europe. For years now, Europe has been deciding the agricultural policies of member countries. According to its new rules, decided before the war and due to come into force in January 2023, European farms larger than 10 hectares should leave at least 4% of their land uncultivated and returned to nature. But now preparations are underway to reduce that percentage. This, combined with the European Recovery Plan funds intended to innovate and make Italian agriculture more productive and sustainable, will help us increase the percentage of self-sufficiency a lot, even if it is unlikely to reach 100%. And speaking of the European Recovery Plan, part of the funds will be allocated to the, to the regeneration of small villages at risk of abandonment. Last Saturday, the Italian government announced the list of 21 of them, one per region but two in Trentino Alto Adige, which has two autonomous provinces, which will receive 20 million euros each for the implementation of the project presented for the regeneration and repopulation. The goal is to create sustainable quality growth throughout the whole country. 
Today, we have in Italy hundreds of beautiful and almost deserted places left by their inhabitants in the last century when the work moved purely in big cities. The potential of the network and broadband will make these villages places of possible work. Each of these 21 projects is not only linked to the recovery of the historical and artistic heritage, but also to the identification of a specific vocation of the village around which to rebuild the repopulation action. For example, in Abruzzo, Rocca Calascio was chosen, which envisages the creation of an area for camping and for the resting of horses along the route of the horse trail that passes through that territory. For Basilicata, there is Rio Nero in Vulture, where the project will aim to attract residents through international exchange initiatives, co-working spaces and start-up incubators. In Campania, there is Sanza, where the focus, focus will be on an albergo diffuso, <coughs> which is a horizontal hotel situation in a, situated in a village with rooms and services located in different buildings, although close to each other, and on the green economy. <coughs> Campolo in Emilia Romagna will be the cradle of cultural startups. Trevinano in Lazio aims at developing, developing an economic model adapted to the microeconomy of the small village. Livemmo in Lombardy will host new artist residences. Pietra Bondante in Molise proposes targeted interventions for the enhancement of the archaeological heritage. Stelvio in the autonomous province of Bolzano in Trentino Alto Adige foresees ecological renovation of the oldest houses, co-working spaces and zero kilometer, kilometers crops. Ulassai in Sardinia will be transformed into a real smart community. Borgo Acunziria in Sicily, in addition to the physical and functional redevelopment of these spaces, has thought of a real research hub on the production of tanning, of which it is the Italian queen. Cesi in Umbria takes up the concept of the ancient Umbrian cities of proto-history that included the entire territory on which a community was established. To end this video with some good news, once again I rely on Italian sports. In the past week there have been several fantastic Italian successes. <coughs> in skiing, the wonderful Sofia Goggia and Federica Brignone won the World Cup respectively in downhill and in supergiant. The Olympic gold medalist Marshall Jacobs, his father is American, his mother is Italian, won a gold medal in the men's 60 meters race at the World Athletics Indoor Championships and set a new European record. Then in Wales, the Italian national rugby team in the Six Nation tournament broke a series of 36 consecutive defeats, which lasted since 2015, winning thanks to a goal transformed in the last minute. The victory has restored enthusiasm to the players and the environment, very disappointed by the results in a tournament where the six strongest European national teams compete. The last victory was perhaps the most dreamt. It was since 2019 that the Formula One Motor Racing Grand Prix did not see two Ferraris in the top two places. After years of disappointments, yesterday the new Formula One season started under the best auspices with a beautiful victory that made all Italian rejoice. It's all for now, it's all for today. I'll see you next Thursday. This was with Italian News. Please stay safe and take care. My name is Umberto Mucci. Ciao from Rome.